Hi, this is Carrie with the Promised Podcast. This episode, we're starting a series on narcissistic abuse and intimate relationships. And I have guest Danielle Superior with us today. She is an actress and writer in Los Angeles and has a strong passion for God. I'm so excited to have you on today, Danielle. Please share with us a little more about yourself and background. Hey, Carrie. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy we finally are getting able to chat and do this. Oh, my goodness. Yes, me too. (laughs) Yes. I've had like an Instagram girl crush on you for like the past two years. So (laughs) it's so exciting. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, yeah, about me. Um, my background, I have been um, acting since I was about four years old. So that was kind of the natural trajectory that I started to follow through my life. Um, acting and writing were always two very big passions I had, and they were areas that I seemed to naturally excel at. So I always pursued them. This brought me to Los Angeles um, in 2015. So I moved here to do that whole thing. Um, I guess it's important to mention that I didn't grow up in a Christian home or with any kind of faith. I always thought maybe there's, I never was like, there's no God, but I kind of was just very um, nebulous on what that was or who that could be. Mm-hmm. So I never really thought about it very much, to be honest. Um, but about six months after moving to LA is when Um, I did end up getting saved and I became a Christian and God just really came into my life in a very powerful way that I couldn't deny. Um, after that, I stopped everything I was doing. I stopped in my tracks. I stopped acting because I just felt like I just went through such a huge life change. And now I'm rewriting my entire story, basically trying to, you know, walk with Jesus and figure out what that means. And it was Mm -hmm. just a complete and total 180 of my entire life, which in a beautiful way, but um, I just took a little bit of space, a little bit of time. And then after a few years, um, I kind of got back into all the things I was passionate about the writing and the acting, but with, you know, God by my side and allowing him to lead me in all these things and to be praying and to be seeking wisdom and things actually started going amazing doors started opening. Um, And that's kind of the point I'm at right now. I'm currently writing a full length feature film, um, faith based, I got asked to do that uh, recently. So I'm working on that. I have a freelance writing business called uh, written by Danielle, it's written by Danielle.com. So I have uh, some clients through there that I'm working on projects for them on a weekly basis. Um, Also, my blog, it's make me real movement.com. It's where I share kind of the transformation that God has been bringing me on in ways that I hope are applicable to specifically women that are just going through everyday struggles that our modern society uh, puts us through in a way that's hopefully relatable Mm -hmm. Um, and acting as well. I've definitely been doing some of that this past fall. I got to uh, lead in my first feature length film. So that was really, really cool. And yeah, I'm just excited for whatever doors that God's going to continue to open, um, in all of these realms. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) Wow. That is so amazing. I, I really admire your passion and your drive for like what God has for you. And I think my, some of my favorite stories are those from women who have, they, ha- they didn't grow up with like a faith-based um, upbringing, like teaching, you know, right. about who God was or who God is and, and, and just all that that means in, in our lives. And so I just, I love hearing stories about women who have come to know Christ like later on in life right. and then just decided to just completely walk in that and surrender to that. So, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. So what has been your experience with narcissistic abuse? 
<laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I know such, that's a loaded question. Such a story. And I, uh, we got to have a wonderful conversation about this, um, recently. Mm-hmm. So I just drew so much from, we have so much in common, I feel like in this realm and it's just awesome to be able to, um, connect with somebody and share these experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, my story is interesting in that it ties into kind of like how I did actually start following Jesus. Um, it's a long story, but to kind of condense it, um, I remember just back throughout the years growing up, um, I would come across people that just seemed kind of difficult for no reason. And I couldn't put my finger Mm -hmm. on it. Like, I was like, why does it seem like this is always an oppositional thing? Or there's always like some kind of weird competition going on that, that I'm not aware of, but it seems like this other person looking back on it, it's just, it's, it's, it was narcissism, like in action, but it was just kind of, um, puzzling like puzzling people and puzzling situations things that make you think you know am I the crazy one so I had a few experiences Mm -hmm. of that um in my teenage years and I didn't really think too deep into it I'm just like okay whatever I don't understand what's going on this is weird um (laughs) but I would stress about it and I would wonder like what what is this about what am I missing like this person doesn't make sense um in kind of a dark way so I never dug into it. I kind of shelved it for the time being. But as I got a little bit older and I started um, working and traveling more, there was this point uh, around 2013 where God kind of, I swear, it's like he gave me a crash course in what uh, narcissism was and what evil is. And that was one of the things that I was like, okay, wow, evil is real. Good is real. Like God is real. Um, And it kind of came through a situation where at one point I was like surrounded by three people in my life through uh, one through work, one was a friendship and one was um, in kind of like a romantic relationship type of sense. Mm -hmm. And all of these people simultaneously, like in different pockets of my life were making me feel the same way. And it was very, in a very bad way though, it was, um, looking at it now, it was, it was crazy making behavior. It was, um, all the things that people hear about, uh, narcissistic abuse. Now the gaslighting, which is, you know, just making, making you doubt your reality. Um, Mm -hmm. somebody just literally saying or doing something so blatantly right in front of you. And then being like, that didn't happen. You know, you're, you're interpreting that wrong. And sometimes that can happen, of course, but this was so dramatic and over the top. Like for anyone who hasn't experienced gaslighting, the best way I feel like, or one of the ways to describe it is like, do you remember the Shaggy song, It Wasn't Me? Yes. Literally. I totally <laughs> remember that song. That's How like, oh the my gaslighting. <laughs> yes. Like you caught me in the shower. Wasn't me. You got me on camera. Wasn't me. Literally. Right. Like, oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so true. It's like, that's the perfect example. Wow. What a great, um, yeah to the craziest extreme though of course because I mean how but but it it sounds crazy but that is how blatant that gaslighting is it's just you know Mm -hmm. no you didn't see that you didn't hear that you didn't feel that that's not accurate and then it makes you if you're not aware of narcissism question your reality and question everything that you know to be good and normal um in human interaction so that was kind of what was Mm -hmm. happening to me around this time and it came to a head with each and every one of those people where I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm being normal to you. What's going on. Um, And it just got illogical to where I started Googling things. And I was like, what is going on? Like if someone does this, like, what does this mean? Um, And then I came across narcissism online and a bunch of other, you know, personality kind of quirks and disorders and stuff. And I just became so intrigued because I'm like, why doesn't, why isn't anybody talking about this? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like it's exploded so much more online than it was back then. This was like maybe mm, eight years ago. Um, But -hmm. yeah, that was, that was like my intro into it. And by the time I was done with all those situations, I just felt like I had experienced evil up close in person and it was a deeper level than what I felt like you can just see with your eyes. I was like, there's kind of like a different 
there's another realm involved in this and I don't have the language for it Mm. um, because I wasn't a believer, but I was like, now I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like that was literally kind of like demonic, like pure evil from from an evil source, the things that were happening, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love how you're tying that together um, in, in such a biblical way. I mean, evil with narcissism, totally, there is such a spiritual component to that. Yes. And I think that the scripture talks a lot about that and kind of like the end days, what these types of, of men will look like. And I know that it specifies men in scripture in defining all actually essentially pretty much all the characteristics of narcissism. Um, But I mean, this does exist in women too. We know that, right? hundred percent. And that one of the people was a woman. So (laughs) yeah, two men and one woman. And that's why it was just such a mind blowing experience. I'm like this, honestly, and it will sound crazy to people that don't um, think this way or haven't experienced it. But Mm -hmm. I literally felt like it was like, this is the same spirit, whatever this is. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing working through all of these people, like in all these different realms in my life, if that makes sense. Um, And yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, I feel like second Timothy uh, three, one through 17 saying the last days, um, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not living good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. Like, how dead on is that? Right? Yeah, it really is. It's, I mean, it doesn't get more clear cut than that. And, you know, when I was thinking about doing this series, I was like, you know, I don't know how that, how this is going to resonate with people, but the, my whole purpose in doing it was to bring more awareness to this issue, because like you said, there hasn't been a whole lot of, um, awareness, like knowledge on it until more recently. Right. And which is wonderful because it's one of those things that from my experience and working with other women, it's like you who've been through the same experience is the people around them and the people around us who have not experienced something like this and, and the evil that's within it is that they, they don't fully grasp or understand it. Um, and, and I think part of the reason why they can't or why they have such a hard time is because the things that these people do, like you, you made a comment that they're difficult for no reason. Yes. And I think that it's so hard to, to grasp and understand for people that haven't experienced it because it's so hard to believe that someone could actually do the things that they're doing. Right. And because on purpose, it doesn't make sense. Yes. And that's, that's the crazy part when I feel like when you do try to explain this to somebody who hasn't been through it, they're like, but why would someone do that? Like the, the explanation right. that there's just pure evil and that there's people that want to be evil on purpose. Um, it's hard to really wrap your mind around. Cause I would be like, I would be like, do they know that they're doing this? And from what I found and experienced overwhelmingly, like, yes, they are full on a hundred percent aware and not only aware, like they are gleefully aware, like they yeah. find pleasure in what they're doing. Like people that have um, completely come into agreement with living like a narcissistic lifestyle, it's their joy, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's really, it's scary because we know that, that the enemy, I mean, he is like, the father of lies, master of confusion. Mm -hmm. Um, And he wants to stir that up in the person, in the victim who's experiencing it. And also those around, those around the victim, because it, it helps to empower his narrative and what he's trying to do in his assignment for our lives. Right. Right. Yep. And I feel like a lot of what I found too was, the people that are kind of um, 
I don't know. I don't want to over spiritualize it, but I feel like it is so spiritual. So it's hard not to use this language, but those spirits that are assigned to your life, I feel like they are assigned to attack you in the very areas that like God wants to use you the most, the areas where you're the most talented, the areas where you're going to have the biggest impact on people. And that is exactly where those little um, demons basically almost not the people are demons, but the things that are working through them, the demonic kind of um, strongholds. Yeah. It's a, that's the thing. I feel like it's a stronghold. They've given themselves over to that. They're in agreement with it. They they're, you know, not fighting against it. So they're kind of an open door, unfortunately for the enemy to come in and to put um, doubt and fear and, just um, discouragement, all kinds of things into whoever the target is, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's a really powerful force. And I, I think it's good to be able to relate it spiritually because if, I mean, this is, this is what, this is what is explained to us, you know, biblically, like you were sharing in that scripture, um, and so important for, for us to bring more awareness to the spiritual aspect of this as well. Right. So how does your experience with narcissism relate to your upbringing? What have you discovered there? Um, let me see. I feel like um, I kind of always, one thing I can say is that since I wasn't a believer and I wasn't, it wasn't kind of, my family was very smart as far as they would, you know, warn us and say kind of not to be paranoid, but they would kind of instill in us like, don't ever fully trust anybody. Um, But that's not a strong enough message. That's, that is a good message on a lot of levels. Um, But it's not strong enough when you don't understand um, that, there is real evil because don't trust anybody. It seems like there are people that you kind of can trust if they are appearing to be a good person, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. So it makes that whole, it makes, I feel like it just makes you when you are not raised with that very strong, this is good. This is evil. There are people that are evil just to be evil kind of background. um, And that's burned into your mind you're just more susceptible to giving people the benefit of the doubt or, you know, looking for the good, which are good things. But I just think it makes you a little bit more open to being taken advantage of. Um, And maybe if you don't have as strong and as firm of a foundation at home, whatever way it can be, like you may have been raised, like I was raised in a fairly, you know, a normal home, we had everything we needed. Um, There was love, but if there's any cracks and there always are, because parents are never going to be perfect. So any cracks that are left unfilled in your confidence and your personality in your lack of feeling loved, anything that somehow is where the people that are narcissists, they like hone in on it and zero in like a shark, like sensing blood in the water. So I feel like in some ways, um, most of us just aren't adequately prepared to deal with the onslaught of um, what narcissistic people are going to do to your life if you let them in far enough, like the havoc they can cause. You're not fortified, usually. Like, very rarely, I feel like, do people are people prepared for that, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like giving the enemy a foothold, right? Yeah. Once we let him get a foothold on us, he can just barge right in and make himself at home. Right. Any Anywhere that you don't feel like you were, you know, loved or paid attention to enough, any, like, it can be the smallest thing. And like you said, it's like, it's like a crack in the door and then push the entire door open. And then, you know, <laughs> surprise, yes. like your life is turned upside down. Um, so yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a lot. Filling definitely. those cracks. I like that. Filling yeah. the cracks. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so important because yeah, I mean, and, and how do we do that? I mean, we, we have to, um, we have to create boundaries, right. Yes. And learn and learn how to, and I love how you were saying earlier that growing up, like you didn't have the language for what was these defining characteristics of narcissism until you had 
grown into your relationship with God. And I mean, what a huge thing because the enemy is so sneaky, isn't he? Just to to try and to keep you in this constant state of confusion to be able to run your life however he wants. And then once we receive the truth of God in our lives, we're able to uncover kind of like peel back all the layers of this to see what's really going on underneath the surface. And, and you talking about that, like these people appear to be a certain way on the surface. Mm -hmm. And then underneath all of that, all of this beautifully packaged, you know, thing is all of this ugliness and this just distortion and um, things that are, that are really essentially evil things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's, it's the bait. <laughs> you take the bait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really, like you said, yeah, it's, you take the bait and, and so how, um, and I know that we were talking a little bit about this before, how, how do you feel that you're able to now that you're growing stronger in your relationship with God like do you feel that he's revealed some things to you about this like what do you think he thinks and feels about narcissistic abuse and what has he revealed to you about it in in relationship like of discernment girl (laughs) (laughs) you are asking the question so I feel like um well it starts back when, you know, when I was having those situations with those three people where I was like trying to figure it out. And I'm like, this is so strange and just wading through it. Like, and then I started like kind of reading books about uh, different personality disorders and kind of deep, like into sociopathy mm. and like all kinds of things like that and narcissism big time. Um, and then I was in a hotel. This was like really before I started reading the Bible for real, for real. But there's, you know, in most hotels, there's a Bible by your bedside. So yeah. I started reading and I was just seeing all the parallels between, you know, what they talked okay. about in these books and narcissism. And, you know, this is what God says is evil. And this is what God says is good. And I feel like my discernment just automatically, I feel like it's almost a gift um, that God kind of implanted in me to be able to, you know, walk this out, learn it and understand it. And discernment, like you said, is so huge. And one thing I have learned um, early on in my journey, and I'm still continuing to learn it, and it's so hard, is that with those people normally, and you can tell me, I guess, if this has been your experience too, they normally almost always verbally will tell you, or at least with their actions in some kind of way they will tell you who they are Mm. so early (laughs) on. And it's literally like, I feel like it's like highlighted in my mind where I'm like, "Hmm." yeah, and it's like, I'm like, is that I'm like, I think that's the Holy Spirit. I think that's the Lord being like, hmm, that was interesting, because they will tell on themselves a lot of times, like, Mm. they just have this uncanny ability to, um, put it out there kind of what they're about and Mm -hmm. then it's up to you to you know take that and be like okay that's not something I should or want to be involved in even though I can't see the start from the end and I don't know how this is going to pan out um, I'm still going to take that red flag and I'm going to say no thank you and that's where I've fallen into um, traps before in the past where I would see these red flags but I would go "Mm, well Lord like you know, (laughs) um, that doesn't necessarily mean that, or, you know, who knows, like he's, you know, this person still does this or still does that, like, seems like a good person, good guy, whatever. Mm. Um, and I would just kind of like bypass, get past those discernments that I feel like the Lord was giving me and just go through the situation anyway, and then have to get to the end of it and go through all the craziness to be like, okay, but then I would kick myself because I'm like, I literally feel like God gave me the heads up about that. And I just didn't take the heads up because I didn't see the physical evidence. That's what I needed in my mind to see. I waited until it manifested until whatever the full situation was going to be. Um, mm. 
I don't know if you relate to that at all, but I just feel like there's always like, I'm, I can look back on every single situation in my life where I dealt mm-hmm. with someone like that. And I'm like, I knew it deep down, you know, girl, <laughs> you are speaking the truth. Let me tell you. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is right on. You are so right on. And that is the thing right there is the discernment, you know, we got to use it, right? It's a gift yes. that we've been given from the Holy Spirit and we need to put it into action. Like in every case. So it's Before like, it's too late, like waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I think part of us wanting to ignore those red flags right in the beginning, like right when they're actually verbalizing, like you said, actually telling us who they really are. Yes. And because it's so un- like hard to believe, right, that yes. this person is actually saying this or doing this. Yes. And it's so hard to believe that because we inherently aren't like that, right? right? We're inherently a very different person. So when we witness another human being saying these things or acting in these ways, we ourselves don't want to believe it because just like others, when we actually share our story and come out about what's going on with you know, our, in our relationship or in our, our marriage or whatever it is, it's so hard for them to believe because it's like, how can someone say or do something like that? Right. You know, so we are even kind of living a bit in denial about it ourselves going, yes, this can't really be this. Like if this person does all of these other wonderful, nice things, how is it possible for them to say or do something so opposite of that? Oh, <laughs> it's like, it, yes. it's difficult. It's difficult to take in and actually go, gosh, I don't want to believe that that person is actually capable of that. Right. It's even, it's hard too, because it's when you are dealing with someone who's truly um, like a straight up intentional narcissist like that um, manipulator, it's yeah. by design. Like you're made to feel that way. There's a mask that they wear the mask of, you know, I'm this way, but then behind closed doors, or this is really what I'm about. You're, you see the beginning, but you'll always, I think, see they, I think they call it, it's like when the mask slips, you'll see little slips in the mask, like (laughs) that totally are contrary to how they present themselves normally. But then that, you know, the cognitive dissonance kicks in so hard. And I feel like And if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's like your, your brain holding two opposing ideas at the same time, um, struggling to kind of make sense of both. So you're seeing the person they presented themselves as, but then you're also seeing these little inconsistencies that you know, deep down are wrong or off and you can't reconcile it. Like, I remember with a few of those kind of things, specifically dating in the past that I've been through um, and a lot of other women that I've spoke to and that I've seen their stories relate to this as well. It's like you think that it's like they did something, you know, they were acting one way at first and then when things switch and they're kind of revealing more of who they really are, you Mm -hmm. feel like you did something wrong and you want to go back to those days when they acted, you know, like their best version of themselves and you're, you're trying to get back to that time. And you're like, what did I do? What is different? But it was a facade usually the whole time. So you can't get back to those days. You're seeing the reality at that point. Right. Yeah. And there's a scripture and I I'm terrible with memorizing, um, like verses, but right. I mean, well, I can memorize the verse, but I can't tell you where it is in scripture. Like right. that's, my, that's <laughs> always been my issue. But there's a verse that says, do not let yourselves be deceived. Mm. And I love that because that's exactly what we do in situations like with a narcissistic abuser. We, yes. we want to justify and try and reconcile their behavior. We want to try and even deny it, you know, and, and look past it. Like you said, kind of look past the bad and focus on the good. And so when we're doing that, we are allowing ourselves to be deceived by that person. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so good. And that is so true. And it's so funny because 
God literally, the word tells us not to let ourselves be deceived. So it's like, right. <laughs> it's, it's literally like, listen to the word, just listen to the word. It will protect you. It's all you. there. It's Every like... single day will protect yeah. you. Like God, I'm, I'm bad with the, the actual verses too, but it's Psalms, I think, or, oh gosh, is it Psalms? I don't know. Where it's like your lamp, your, your word is a lamp, a to, lamp my to my feet and a light yeah. to my path. Absolutely. Yes. Like you can seriously just by obeying the word and listening to what God says, avoid so much of all this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's tricky. And that's the thing about, um, about it because it's like his word, like you said, it's our, it's our instruction manual and it's so simple. And because we're human, we want to complicate it. And that's, you know, how the enemy gets in because he wants to complicate and confuse everything. Right. Um, everything that's true and simple and pure and balanced. Yes. So, yeah, it's really, really interesting. So I, like spiritually, I know we've already kind of talked about this. And my next question was, you know, what have you learned about this spiritually, which I kind of think that we're uncovering in this whole episode right now. <laughs> right. Um, but is there anything that really stands out to you, like beyond what you've already shared spiritually about this topic um, that has hit home for you? So many things. I feel like, um, Wow, I don't even know how to narrow it down. But the first one that's coming to my head is just how real and how present like the Lord is in our lives. How, um, because this is the thing, honestly, this was what brought me to faith. And so it's very, it's very Mm -hmm. much a passion of mine is how I feel like God literally walked me through a crash course with through these situations, walked with me, kind of equipped me to understand this. And then literally has gone along the way and um, given that discernment because it is something that people can miss if they don't have the discernment and they don't have um, the tools and also the knowledge of the word. I think that that is honestly so huge and it's so underrated, like in a society where there is no, you know, um, defined form of good and evil right and wrong all of that kind of stuff like anything kind of goes so I think when you look at something and you say okay this is like what evil is defined as and good by God and you say okay this is going to be the ultimate authority because if we don't do that and we don't have God as the authority then we're all just you know authorities running around having our own opinions and it says it somewhere in the word too it's like um they, they do, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. I wish I remembered <laughs> where yeah. that is, but if everyone's just running around doing what's right in their own eyes, um, it's a catastrophe and there really is no definition for abuse or for what is narcissistic and what is evil. If there's no, um, concrete standard of what's right and wrong and good, bad, evil, all that stuff. Um, so I feel like having God's word as the ultimate authority is foundational with being able to literally call that out and then to feel justified calling it out too, because with narcissists, when they will gaslight you and when they will try to make you doubt your reality and um, kind of try to instill their version, because that's what they're doing when they're gaslighting you, they're trying to instill their version of reality into you, which is a false version. So it's a lie. Like they're trying to make you believe a lie basically. And it doesn't matter. It can be about anything. It can be about yourself, about your worth. But when you can go to the word of God and you can say, no, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Like God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son um, so that we would not perish, but have eternal life. He did that for me, whoever believes. Um, When you can go back to the word and you can say, you can combat those lies, which are straight from literally the enemy. They're all the things that are contrary to what God thinks about you is like how the enemy views you. And those are normally the things that come out of narcissist mouths. And those are, it's just, it seems like, um, gosh, what is the verse? There's another verse where it's like all they thought about their thoughts were evil constantly all day. That's like in Genesis somewhere, I think. Um, and yeah, it's just like, it's a constant stream of plotting 
manipulation and just basically tearing down the image of what God created for you and what he meant for you to be and how he wanted you to live. You know, um, like the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come, Jesus has come to where they can have life and they can have it more abundantly. So I think that you have to believe those truths though, or there's nothing to even grasp onto. You literally can't defend and say what's right and wrong if you don't have a standard of what's right and wrong. Um, Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So spiritually, I think that is the biggest thing that, um, that I've learned with all of that is that there has to be a foundation and you have to stand on it and you have to um, fight back and you have to know because back when I would be confused with, you know, the gaslighting tactics, it's very easy to say, okay, am I, maybe I'm not getting it. Maybe I am stupid. Maybe I'm worthless. Maybe this, maybe that. And when I became a Christian, I was like, wait a minute. No, like the word of God says, you know, all of these amazing things about me that I'm loved with an everlasting love and that God will never leave me or forsake me. Like these are lies, you know, you have to just know that they're lies. Um, yeah. And then go from there, you know, and then it's a constant recognition and, um, seeing the lies in action and seeing the behaviors in action, um, for what they are. And, also, this is not a thing to beat up on people. This is not like, you know, narcissist. They're like these people that are way over here. Like we all have things. We have narcissistic, you know, tendencies as fallen human beings. Um, but that's nothing that God can't work out within us. Because mm-hmm. um, there's definitely things I'm like, oh, my gosh, in my past, I was super like I had a lot of narcissistic qualities, I would say, looking back on it. And there's still things that I fight to this day that I'm like, geez, like, Lord, that's disgusting that I had that thought, like change my heart, please. Like help me be more like you show me the way I should think about this. Um, and the difference is, is that you're either in agreement with, um, God or you're not like the narcissist, the unrepentant, uh, you know, just wild and free doing evil on purpose narcissist isn't gonna go to god like that and be like change my heart god like (laughs) usually i mean it can happen but normally they don't seek therapy unless they're like dragged to therapy because the biggest thing about you know narcissism is you don't think you're wrong you think you you have such a high view of yourself that um that nothing can really infiltrate that it's a fortress but it's like in a in an evil kind of way um so our narcissistic traits that we possess, like those can be brought before God and um, helped and changed. And a narcissist can be helped and changed too, but they have to actually do the same thing. You know, it's just tough. Yeah. It's like, it's a willingness, you know? And I remember talking to a friend about this, what you're sharing right now, like how, how can they actually develop genuine godly conviction in their heart Mm. and turn their life over to God and allow him, like, as you were saying, to be, to be their compass, you know, and to, to be their authority because essentially these types of, of people, um, are, they become their own God. Yes. So men, men who live like that, you know, they, they don't look for to God for authority. They, they see, like you said, see themselves as their own authority and they're, so this person is good friend of mine. He said to me, it's because their surrender to darkness is stronger than their surrender to light. Oh, yes. Yeah. So he said the only way for them to, to come you know, come over from the dark side, (laughs) (laughs) come to the light, (laughs) come to the light is to, is to have a stronger surrender to that. And these, the narcissistic abuser doesn't, their surrender to darkness is so much stronger. It's so much more powerful that that pull is just far more surrendered to darkness. Um, And it, it depends on he was like, it just depends on, on that element really alone, like where their surrender is. And it essentially becomes that, that place where they are being truly led by the enemy over God. Right. 
Oh my goodness. I, when you were saying all that, I was having a million thoughts going through my head that I don't even know if I can organize to get out, but it was literally, <laughs> that is exactly yeah. what it is because I heard someone say before too, you're a slave to whoever, to whatever you obey. So yeah, um, if you're a slave to darkness and I feel like Paul says that somewhere <laughs> so bad, I need to work on my, uh, memorization skills, but, um, I mean, if anybody wants to know these verses, you can literally type in and Google them and they'll oh, pop yeah. up and you can read it in context and everything. But um, yeah, it's like you were a slave to sin um, and now, you know, you're a slave to Christ. And it's like that sounds mm-hmm. um, it sounds weird and kind of like uh, oppressive, maybe like just from thinking about it, you're a slave to Christ. But like you're a slave to the only form of goodness that there is on this earth. Like if you're a Christian, you are in relationship with God and you, it's not that you're perfect at all by any means. Oh my goodness. But there's the Holy, the power of the Holy spirit, literally the spiritual transaction of receiving the Holy spirit. Um, when you become a believer, that's kind of, it becomes your compass of, you know, some of the things that I did before, it doesn't feel good to do that anymore. Like maybe if, you know, someone lied a lot in their past, if they become a believer, a genuine spirit filled believer, I don't think that God can, um, you know how it says it's like God disciplines his children. He disciplines those he loves. Don't despise the Lord's discipline. If something happens, like for example, David, you know, with Bathsheba, all of that stuff, like he's a, he was a man of God, a man after God's own heart. And he fell the way that he did. But then later God sent someone, you know, Nathan in his path to have Mm -hmm. him uh, realize what he did and to get convicted and then to repent, which he did. Um, So I think that's a lot of the difference is it's just, what are you in agreement with? Are you in agreement with the prince of the power, the air, the enemy, or are you in agreement with the prince of peace, the God of the universe, the one who actually cares about you, cares about your soul, died for you because the enemy does not care about you. He wants to literally destroy your whole life, burn it down to the ground, doesn't want you to ever have anything good or feel, you know, like you're worth anything. Um, and that is, um, the scary part when it's like being involved with people that are narcissists is because that literally is kind of the spirit that's directing them. And it's not even personal. Like, I feel like with the enemy, it's just business. Like he doesn't even, it's not even like you're special that he is trying to destroy you. He just hates people. So, you know, he's going to use whatever means possible to destroy you. Absolutely. That's that's exactly what his his end goal is and to pull as many children of god away from him as possible and i love i love that you're sharing all of that because it's it's so true and christ christ came to free us from the bondage of sin and yes. evil and so yeah being a slave to freedom i mean really it doesn't get better than that right right I mean, I would rather be a slave to, to freedom and peace um, and joy and what's, what is the goodness in my life over a slave to evil and bondage and sin and destruction yep. any day. So, and, you know, like you were saying about how, um, how the, the evil is so disguised um, and, and that that's part of the enemy's trick too, right? So when he's using using these narcissists to control and manipulate and um, really just leading them in his his evil ways, they are like the good. And it's I think it's important for people to women especially to understand this um, because of how much we want to justify and excuse and try to reason all of, of this, these, this person's destructive behaviors. Yes. Um, that all of the good that they are showing you all when you, when you sit there and go, but he does all of these nice things and he, you know, he, he really does this and that so well, and he loves me so well in this way or that way um, that all of that, is actually not real. 
that that is part of the manipulation to keep you stuck in this trap. Yes. And I think that is the hardest thing for us to come to terms with because we don't want to believe that all of the goodness that we see in this person is actually a lie, but it is like, it's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. It is so crushing because everything, I mean, at the end of the day, every promise that they make, every, everything that they tell you that you've believed in, it all ends up being a lie. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the betrayal of narcissistic abuse. Right. I think it's important for, for women to understand, like, this is, it's not even about you. It's, this is part of the disguise in this pretty packaging and these nice things that they do for you is all part of the manipulation. Yes. And, and it reminds me of like in the word where it says the enemy what is the enemy comes as an angel of light. Don't even be surprised because Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And that kind of brings up something that I, uh, I want to mention because it was a pitfall of mine. Cause a lot of the people that I had dealt with in my past on my journey was like, it was mostly like the grandiose, very overt narcissist. Like, you know what to look for when you think narcissist, you think of someone who, you know, is like very much in the spotlight, needs all the attention and is like flexing their muscles, like <laughs> very superficial. You think of, you know, yeah. narcissist, like that's a narcissist. Um, and there are plenty of those, right? We yes, know there, there are, are a lot of those. <laughs> so many of those. So I had a great handle on those. I was like, oh, clearly like gag me. That's a narcissist. Like <laughs> stay, you know, 50 feet away, like mental restraining order. Like you're not getting in at all. Um, but where, cause this is the thing is you can never even get too cocky on your own. Um, you have to stay humble with your own knowledge of these kind of things, because I thought I had it on lock. Like, Mm. and then I started running across like covert narcissists, which is like a totally different animal where Mm -hmm. they're generally kind of more, um, withdrawn and like self-deprecating the vulnerable narcissist. They come across as somebody who, um, really cares about you and wants to help you. Um, They can be very interested in you and want to hear all of your problems and come in and, you know, throw a cape on and be the superhero in the situation. Um, But a lot of times with those, it's like, they're not, um, they're sharing a lot with you in the beginning to kind of get your walls down and your guard down. And then once your walls are down, they're kind of data mining you trying to get information. Like it seems like they're being caring, but Uh they just want to get, you know, they're trying to find out what your vulnerabilities are. So that way they can use the same tactics that the, you know, overt uh, grandiose narcissist would use to kind of confuse you, break you down, get whatever narcissistic supply. Cause that's what it's all about at the end of the day with narcissists. It's like, they need that almost worship, Um, which is kind of what narcissistic supply is. They don't care who it's from, where it's from, um, but they need it. So the covert one will just go about it in kind of more subtle ways that don't set off your alarms um, as much as like an overt one. Um, And those I feel like, because I did fall into that um, before, and I just had to really, even though I saw the signs in the beginning, I did have to kind of forgive myself and to kind of, have grace on myself. Cause I'm like, man, like it wasn't as easy to spot. And it did make me feel more like I was hoodwinked than, you know, mm. I just ignored the signs blatantly. Um, right. so I feel like there's so much, um, there's so much variation with all the different types of narcissists, the shades, the, the, you know, they can be in all different professions. Um, they can come into your life in all kinds of different ways and I feel like just really leaning on that discernment because um, I really feel like it's God cares about his children. He wants to protect you. He wants to warn you when there's a pothole ahead and you're about to fall into it. Like the Lord, I don't, I don't feel like he wants you to just struggle for no reason. Like God's not putting you through these things to like punish you and to make you, you know, like, no, it's, he wants you to see it and hopefully right. heed his warnings But if you don't, (laughs) 
in my experience, at least like he's gonna, he's sure gonna teach you a lot. Like he's gonna use it for good. He's gonna sharpen you through it. Um, but there's the consequences. There's the hurt that goes with it and the whole dream that was sold to you. Um, that right. usually ends up being an illusion. Like you said, it's just not real. And it's so there's a mourning process. You have to grieve what you thought you had that was an illusion the whole time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really difficult. And I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, how, how can you be hurt, you know, and grieve and in so much pain over this person, you know, after all that he did to you. Mm. And I, every time I'm like, and it took me a while to figure this out. And I had to listen to a psychologist, um, who I follow, who I just love. Her name's Dr. Romani. Oh, love specializes, Dr. Romani, right? Narc slaying queen. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> specializes in this topic. So yes. I finally learned, I was like, you know what? I go, I'm not grieving over this person. I'm grieving over the illusion of what I thought was with this person, which was mm-hmm. actually very real to me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, and it is. And that's one thing that she shares is, you know, the illusion is actually a real situation for the victim right. and the victim has to grieve that. As confusing as that may sound to people who haven't been through it, that's the case. So, so what, Danielle, what would you share? What would you want to share with other women who are in this right now experiencing narcissistic abuse and like, just don't, don't know what to do? Hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, like you are in an intimate relationship with someone. Right. Okay. Um, I would say first believe, believe your gut, like whatever the things are that are making you feel, even if this person seems so spectacular and just perfect in every single way, um, because there are the stages of narcissistic abuse, literally like the love bombing where at first they're going to, you know, put you up on this pedestal and you can do no wrong. And they're, you know, messaging you 50 times a day. Not always. Sometimes they'll do it the opposite way where, they're going to use intermittent reinforcement. I don't think they know this is what they're doing. But if you look up intermittent reinforcement, it is like literally like cocaine addiction, like giving somebody, um, you know, a text (laughs) every once in a while that's positive, like getting back to them in a way that um, that the uh, interaction is kind of keeping them off guard. They're always guessing of when am I going to hear from them? And when you do, it's great. Um, so there's the love bombing and then there's devaluation and discard. So if you haven't been, I guess there's so many different situations. Like if you're still in the relationship or you're just getting to know somebody like trusting your gut, first of all, I think is huge as much as we don't want to do that. Um, and we avoid it at all costs, especially when someone is tapping into, you know, whatever our dream is, like if there's those Mm. little cracks and holes in our confidence where, you know, you're just tired of being single, or you've always wanted to be a wife and a mom or feel Mm. special and important to somebody. And then someone's coming in and they are literally purposely giving you that on every single level. It's so hard to, um, say no, you know, it's very hard to pull yourself away, but I would say just definitely trusting your gut, then getting also outside perspective. Like do not isolate yourself from your friends or your family or the people that love you, because that is another tactic that people that are manipulators like that will use is they want to get you in this place where they are the number one authority on everything going on in your life. They want to separate you from anybody that could potentially see Um, that what they're doing to you isn't right and it's toxic. They're going to try to get you away from those friends that might talk some sense into you or, you know, raise some questions. So I would say if you have already isolated yourself, um, reach back out to the people that love you. And they're probably, they're probably knowing something's up anyway, honestly. Like when I've had friends that have been in those situations, I was always like, eh, like I'm not gonna, like, I won't always say something like, but I, I know what's up you know? Um, so the people that are there for you, reach out to them. Um, and just don't be paranoid, of course, but just 
take things as they realistically are happening and try really hard to untangle yourself as fast as possible. Because the longer you're with someone like that, um, you just get more connected. And there's actually something called a trauma bond where the cycle of um, being kind of emotionally abused, basically, it creates this strong connection. Like one of the, one person that I'm thinking of in particular, when um, I was seeing this person who is one of the, um, I'm pretty sure, narcissists that I'm mentioning in my story, he literally told me, he's like, yeah, my style of dating, I would compare it to Stockholm syndrome. And so they'll, they'll tell you these things out of their mouths. And then you're the yeah. fool later that you're like, gee, I wonder why you know, I feel so unhealthily connected and I can't, it's taken me wow. years to get over this because the person is literally telling you that they're purposely doing Stockholm syndrome on you, you know, having this weird connection to your captor, you're, you're captive. And I think sometimes you have to just divorce yourself as much as you can from your emotions and mm -hmm. look at the facts. And I know for women, especially that is so hard. Um, cause God did make us, I feel like to be emotional beings to, you know, raise children and to be that, you know, that love and that support system for our families and our husbands. Um, but it's weaponized in these kind of relationships. It's so weaponized. Um, absolutely. So yeah, that's oof. gosh, you just nailed it. You're nailing it, girl. I love <laughs> this. I I'm so I feel so grateful and honored to have you on oh. right now today because this is so many women need to hear this. And I mean, you're just hitting it home. You're hitting it. You're hitting it out of the park. I mean, Oof. on these points, seriously, it's so, it's so right on. And women, as we know, like we end up, they end up in these relationships for years and years. And like you oh. said, create this trauma bond with this person. And it, it is the hardest thing to disconnect from because you're I, another thing I think women need to know is that don't worry about the time you've invested in this. Okay. No, it, yes. the abuse, it isn't getting better. I mean, people <laughs> want to lie. We want to lie to ourselves and say it's getting better. No. I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to change. <laughs> Yeah. From start to finish, it's like from start to 10 years from now. No, I mean, you can actually pinpoint all the ways the abuse has perpetuated and continuously gotten worse. Mm. And we're also deceived by this. The abuse can change. Oh, so, yes. Please elaborate yeah. on that. <laughs> yes. I'd, I'd be happy to. I mean, it's the <laughs> tactics, right? They use tactics to manipulate and keep you controlled so the abuse changes by their tactics changing. Mm. So that way they can convince you that they've gotten better in this area or that area, but the abuse has gotten way worse in uh, all these other areas. Right. So then it, ke <laughs> it keeps you thinking, oh, well, actually, you know, with this and, and this over here, he's actually really improved. He's not doing this anymore or that anymore. <laughs> I know. But then all of a sudden over here, it's like, way off the charts, you know, right. where the abuse that you never thought could have existed in this area is now just cultivating and continuing to grow. And, and so the abuse doesn't get better. I think that victims, as hard as this is being on the other side of this now, it's easier to talk about, but we lie to ourselves. We want to, we want to believe that these things, you know, are happening that aren't happening mm -hmm. and that, that are happening aren't. Mm, so do not go, be deceived. <laughs> yes, we go back to that. I mean, let let us not be deceived, because that is um, that is the truth. We have to focus on what is true and understand that we can still we can still take ourselves out of this situation. And so, I want women to know to know that too. I mean, you you can still choose and. I've been in this situation too. I know how dangerous it is to get out of these relationships. Mm. Um, you have a choice though. We have so many options. If you live in America, there are so many options and resources that you have. 
And don't get discouraged by people that don't hear you at first, because there are people that will. And just because those who, who have denied or invalidated your truth or your experience, um, you know, have, have made you feel that way. Don't get discouraged. There are people that will hear you and don't give up on that. Um, because, you know, there's a lot, a lot to be done in this area and narcissistic abuse. This is not a light topic. I mean, this is a heavy, heavy thing going on and we have resources. Um, I have resources I can offer you. I have a nonprofit organization that we help women in extreme circumstances. And you can visit our website at www.valiant-women.com. Yes. And we offer a list of resources for you on there that we can help you with when it comes to narcissistic abuse. So Danielle, thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a blessing and honor to have you on today and sharing the wisdom and truth that you've shared with us. Oh my goodness, Carrie. Thank you so, so much for having me on. This This is such an important topic. And if this you know, helps one woman or one person, because it's, you know, it's women too. If it helps anybody to just realize that, um, you know, God, honestly, he doesn't want this for you. He, he is the one that when I was at this lowest point where I just came out of all those kind of situations, not even a believer, I put myself in a lot of those situations, meaningfully and knowingly, um, He's the one at the end of the day when I was sitting there in the mess I made that came and gave me, you know, a way out. So that's just an added, um, an added thing I want to say is that he's the one who, um, if you want an ultimate authority to tell you that you don't, you don't have to be abused. You don't have to be, um, put down, threatened, held captive, um, by somebody, or, you know, in a toxic cycle, like God is the ultimate authority saying you do not have to live that way. And please, 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 um, please believe that. Please believe that you're worth more than that and that you're made for more than this and that there is better for you out there than enduring um, a situation like that. Like that's that's Amen. the most important thing. There's a better way. There's a better future. Yeah, 100%. And gosh, so, so much more we could cover on this when it comes to spiritual abuse and all of that too, like within the church and everything. Right. I mean, that's like a whole (laughs) other episode. (laughs) (laughs) Church surprise. (laughs) Yeah. We're just scratching the surface on this in this series, but yeah. Thank you so much, Danielle. Really appreciate you being here today and and sharing all that you did with us. So thank Thank you. you.